and welcome to the Hand in Hand show where caregivers and survivors have honest discussions about stroke. We are a part of Stroke Focus Podcasts. This is Cam, your host, and we are going to be here today with Kelly Campbell, who is a leader for the Georgia Support Group Unlimited Possibilities. And we're going to talk to her about things that she does and her support group and how successful that is. So I want to welcome Kelly today. Hi, thanks for having me. It was great having you here with us on Hand in Hand show. I appreciate the time and the opportunity. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, hi, my name is Kelly Campbell and I am a almost eight year stroke survivor. I had an isometric stroke two weeks after my 40th birthday from a rare genetic disorder called Eagle Syndrome that you don't know that you have until something happens. I was healthy, wasn't overweight, never had high blood pressure, didn't have heart disease, and was struck down by a stroke that was pretty massive. Um, But it was an unusual stroke in the fact that I never really had any cognitive issues. I never lost consciousness. I was answering all the questions in the hospital. I was eating solid food in just a couple of days. But my left side is almost completely paralyzed. I can walk with the help of an AFO and a cane. My left arm is still not functional. But there's, I live alone. I drive. I'm in a suburb just outside of Atlanta. Life is very, very good, and one of the really positive things that's come out of this is the support group that I first joined and now am leading, and it's called Unlimited Possibilities, and it's out of um, Kennestone Hospital, uh, which is part of Wellstar, which is the biggest hospital system in Georgia. And then this earlier this year, January 1st, I was honored to get to be named to the board of directors for the Brain Injury Association of Georgia. That's kind of given me an even further outreach to the stroke and TBI and ABI population in Georgia. Super thrilled to get uh, connected here with Stroke Focus and make it national. So Great. That uh, is wonderful. So... Give me a little more information about your group. You, you told us where they met. Is it a small group or is it now a big group? Did you grow it from the beginning? It's been around for about 20 years. It started off as a spinoff from the hospital, but then we kind of took over it as an independent group. Um, it has grown tremendously over the last three years since I've been lit, uh, leading. It's not so much from my leadership. It's just we've tried new things and we we have on we have 101 registered members and our monthly meetings run between 35 and 45 every month uh, and we meet for breakfast every Friday morning and we have between 18 and 22 that show up for breakfast every more every Friday we are a mixed group we are a group of caregivers survivors um, family members we're about two-thirds stroke and about one-third TBI. So we are we definitely have a lot of different injuries, a lot of different incidences, but there's such a common bond. Right. Also. Right. So do your caregivers and survivors meet together or are they actually separated? It's every other month. So okay. every other month we uh, go we split and the survivors meet separately and the caregivers meet separately. 
uh, and we've discovered that that's just good for both groups. Mm -hmm. uh, often there's so little for just caregivers and they just need a chance to talk. They just need yep. a chance to be together. But truthfully, there's times when survivors just, it, it kind of gives them all an opportunity to talk about each other without being right there in front. So it's, it's good, but we, had, we have discovered that the every other month, we meet the first Tuesday of every month, but the every other month we separate and the months between we have guest speakers or we do something. And, my, and months with a fifth Tuesday, since our meeting is the first Tuesday of each month, if there's a month with five Tuesdays, we always have some sort of special outing on that fifth Tuesday. We go out to eat, we've gone bowling, and we just do something for fun. Oh, that is, that sounds like a lot of fun. Um, so what programs uh, do you offer at this time? That's a difficult question. I mean, right now we're just a support group. Um, okay. When I say programs, I guess we could talk about the different guest speakers we've had. Um, one of our perpetual favorites, which I have to bring in every year, in, and usually in October or September, is a Medicare, Medicaid specialist you know, somebody to walk through the insurance. And, you know, since open enrollment is October 1st through December 15th, we try to get insurance people to come in and walk us through what we need, what's out there. Since almost all of us are on some form of Medicare or Medicaid. We had service dogs come in a couple of months ago. Uh, that was a big hit because we were shocked to discover that service dogs aren't just for the physically disabled. There, there's a lot that service dogs can do, even if you don't present in a physical dis disability. If, if it's a cognitive disability, there's a lot service dogs can do. So, lots of fun. We do have a separate group um, run by another one of my one of the members of my group. She does a aphasia um, conversation group uh, where they just meet and just talk in a very small, small setting, a very protected setting. And they just give the ones of those who have issues still with aphasia kind of an outreach. That is another great thing. I know here um, in St. Louis, there are some stroke support groups, but over, I guess it's been the last year, um, there is a group that has started a, a, a special group just for people with aphasia. And um, I know that, that many of the people who have come to my stroke support group um, do try to go to that regularly, and it really, they really seem to shine a little bit more now. One of my problems, and, and I don't know about you, but it's getting survivors engaged, um, and it's been a major challenge um, to not just my group, but to other groups. Do you find... Uh, that that's a problem? Yes and no. We did. And then we, we started about two and a half, maybe three years ago, just really treating our support group like you would a business. And we started advertising. We had flyers made up. We, because we meet in the rehab center, we started um, covering the rehab center with our flyers and kind of pushing it. We put business cards in doctor's offices and the we have two places here, C.H. Martin and Hangar, that do AFOs. And we started putting flyers and things like that in their offices, in the neurologist's office. We started a Facebook page, and we started carrying business cards. And myself and my co-leader, Laura, we're shameless. If we see somebody in the <laughs> store that <laughs> had a stroke or a 
brand entry, we just march right up to them and hand them a business card. Um, so it's different. And we know, too, that we can just get them there once. They're hooked. And because it seems like every month when we have somebody new, they end up in tears and they end up saying, I didn't think anybody understood. They're so amazed that they're, what they're going through is so normal in the new normal. And so once we can get them there and once we can get the caregivers there, the caregivers especially, when they're realizing this is not unusual, somebody knows what I'm going through. So that helps. Exactly. And I think, you know, I've noticed over the years of doing this that it's very difficult to, once that survivor is out of the rehab hospital, which is where I have my meetings also, and we try to encourage them to come while they're, they're uh, an inpatient. I don't know if it's always transportation or if it's somebody they don't feel comfortable coming because they don't feel like they know anybody or what it is. I, I think it's very important for both the caregiver and the survivor to do this, even if they don't continue for a long period of time, but just to know that what they're going through is okay and that other people um, are experiencing, you know, experience kind of the same things. Um, that they're going through. And what we have done, and we do have a peer visitor program um, within the WellStar system, so that we do go into acute and inpatient rehab floors, and we introduce ourselves, and then we will also come back when they're an outpatient as well. Um, but it's not, we, we expanded that past just Kennestone Hospital. We're in the Shepherd Center, we're in Cobb General. So we kind of went outside that a little bit, that did help. The other thing, too, is that we're very, very fortunate that our support groups, as all the support groups here in Georgia, and I don't know if this is typical of any other state, it may be, this may be no big news, but all 26 of the Georgia support groups that we have across the state fall under the umbrella of the Brain Injury Association of Georgia. And so our support group is heavily advertised on their site. All of them are. So we did a survey last summer. We had people sign in and say, where did you hear about our support group? We actually had more people from outside of the Wellstar Health System that actually knew about us through the Georgia Brain Injury Association, Facebook. I put us on the American Stroke Association website, the National Stroke Association website. And a lot of times we'll get caregivers that'll call. And we highly encourage them to come even if their survivor refuses to. And they do. And sometimes they come two or three times before they can get the survivor to come with them. Nancy, do you have some questions or insights? I do, Kelly. Um, do you ever organize caregiver respite outings and parties for the caregivers alone so that they can have some time away and That's have some fun? Question. No, we really haven't done anything like that. I mean, we do have that monthly just kind of mm -hmm. get together. Um, I know that outside of it, the biggest thing we have with the caregivers is that most of them work, obviously, because our survivors can't. They don't tend to come to the breakfasts. And so that one night meeting a month is kind of about the only time they can get together. We had tried at one point to do a Saturday morning caregiving thing, you know, every, you know, once a month, but it just didn't work out. So they just, the survivors of caregivers have said to me, it is easier to do something at the same time as the survivors. Mm -hmm. And they're not worried about where the survivors are going to be, you know, having to get home health or whatever. 
and I, they only have to go out the one time. So, but we do that, like the dinners that we do on the fifth Tuesday, and we also we're so fortunate here because we do have the Shepherd Center, which is the leading spinal injury. They also do stroke and Parkinson's and MS, but they do all the adaptive um, sports. So we in the summer we get to go water skiing. We do that. It's sit skiing. And um, that's a big thing. A lot of the caregivers come to that and just, they just sit with Doc and chat watching the survivors getting to do stuff we didn't think we'd ever get to do again. So it's really cool. I'm so impressed with all of your marketing that you're doing and the success you had with that. We need to get your ideas out to a lot more stroke support groups. That's a well I, I have to give it up to the hospital. It, they really were very open to the idea. They've been very good. It benefits them because if they can get people into the support group, then they can keep them in the Wellstar health system. They'll go to their neurologist, their heart doctors, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a mutually beneficial partnership. You know, that's true. Um, the support group, though, that I'm in and, and listening to you, you have some great resources as far as, you know, your brain injury uh, group and um, the, the hospital, the rehab hospital that you work through. I'm independent, no umbrella, I don't have. So that's really difficult, some of this for me. Other things I do um, also is leaving the cards and the uh, flyers and different things in different places for people. So, um, but I, this is great. Nancy, did you have anything else? How do you reach people who are no longer a part of the hospital system, so they're not going to see your flyers in the hospitals that have been, probably had a stroke many years ago, and they don't even know about stroke support groups. What, do you, what are your ideas? What do you do? Um, what do you think can be done? What are your thoughts on this? Uh, that's a very good question, and again, part of it is carrying business cards, and if we see them, we stop them, you know? What are they going to say? I limp up on my cane. Nobody, you know, nobody tells me no, so... <laughs> um, that and the fact that I don't know about you guys, but a lot of our neighborhoods have the little magazines. Like we have around Woodstock, around Town Lake, and they list clubs and organizations. And so I make sure we're in it. And we've had several people call from that. They saw us under organizations and support groups for that kind of thing. And yes, definitely neurologists, you know. We do put stuff in doctor's offices, and again, like I said, the people that make the AFOs, there's three or four hangar outlet, hangar um, offices in the area, Atlanta area. There's one C.H. Martin, and we have our stuff in all of them, and so, and we just, and the Facebook, and, and we do, I mean, we advertise. We decided that the only way to grow a group is to treat it like a business, and we did really start advertising Vista print, you can get a hundred business cards for nothing. And we just use a stock photo and it has our information and Laura's email address and my email address and my phone number. And we just pass them out. We've gone through four or five boxes in the last three years. You must have an army of, of minions to help you. Yeah, it's just me, me and Laura. Wow. <laughs> a lot of time on my hands. You're very impressive with what you get done. Absolutely. I, I have to say that uh, I have done my stroke support group for about four and a half years, and there's a lot I do, but uh, I don't get qu around quite as much, Kelly. So, and that's very important, I know. I'm fortunate that have a group that is in a rural area, 
and um, it is partly supported by the hospital in that area, and they do all the advertising and the running around and putting the stuff in the offices, which helps greatly because it's about an hour away from me, and I couldn't do that there. Um, at least here in this area, I can go do that. So, um, I mean, it's not just me. My co-leader, Laura, uh, who ran the group for five years before I took over, we give business cards to everybody. Every group member has mm -hmm. at least one or two, and they're pretty good about passing them out. So we just tell people, keep your eyes open and, and invite. And it's surprising when you just invite, most people say yes. And we have had transportation issues. I have picked people up to get them to group. Um, I had a, a survivor whose caregiver could not drive at night. So for probably 11 months, I went out of my way to go get them before I'd go to the meeting and take them home because I think they needed to be there. And until they moved, I drove them. We have one older couple that takes Uber, and it's the same sweet little driver who picks them up brings them and waits for them every single time. Oh, that's great. I enjoy hearing stories like that and that a stroke survivor gives back or that, you know, somebody there's from church or whatever that um, can help uh, get them to and from meetings. Um, that's just wonderful. And then, uh, you know, I've offered to bring people to a lot of times if they don't know me, or, or someone, they really won't take that help at the very beginning, but it's wonderful at, at a time when they finally do. I was going to ask if you use Uber and Lyft there. Yeah. I've never used it because I, um, I can drive, fortunately. So, But we have definitely, we do have members that have used Uber, have, do use Uber. We also have a, um, if they live in Cobb County, we do have Cobb County Transport that will pick them up like a bus. And so I mean, that's, a, that's a little more expensive. But that's one of the things I know I was telling uh, Nancy yesterday, another, we have an issue, we have a organization called the Cobb Collaborative. And it's a mix, it's all the nonprofits that serve Cobb and the greater Atlanta area get together. And I actually joined, had our group join and I go to their meetings, it's every two or three months, and that's my input every single time is we need nighttime transportation. There's always buses running for doctor's appointments and things like that, but we don't have transportation at night that we need. And so just to kind of keep that in the forefront, that as they start doing this, so. Well, Kelly, thank you for being with us. We're going to say goodbye now. I wish you luck in continuing your support groups there, and it just continues to grow. Is there, for if anyone's listening from your area, is there a way to get a hold of you? Do you all have a Facebook page that uh, they can find? or if They will look under Facebook and look for Unlimited Possibilities Support Group, all one word. Um, in Marietta, Georgia. It should pop right out. We also have a page on Stroke Focus. I have a personal one under Kelly Campbell. We also have a Georgia, Georgia Support for Stroke and TBI page So as well. Thank, thank you. you for all you do, Kelly, and thank you for being here. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Hand in Hand Show. We hope you enjoyed it. If you would like to keep the discussion going, 
please join Stroke Focus, the social media website dedicated to stroke survivors and caregivers. Stroke Focus is S-T-R-O-K-E-F-O-C-U-S. Stroke Focus is a part of Wohala, which in Mandarin means I have survived. If you wish to be a part of the show or would like to be interviewed as part of the show, please contact us at contact at strokefocus.net.